1: welcome to today's episode of what the football brought to you by Gametime the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater events near you Gametime has killer last minute deals all in prices views from your seat so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the app create an account use the code WTF. For $20 off of your first purchase, restrictions apply. Visit gametime.co for terms. Again, create an account, redeem the code WTF for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Mm-hmm. We thought we would change things up this week a little bit. We always have a guest. We've got great, great guests coming up Andrew Whitworth next week, Ray Lewis after that, and of course the great Al Michaels before the Super Bowl. But we just thought there was so much to talk about, just the two of us from Wild Card Weekend. So we thought maybe for a change, we would, maybe you know, change it up for you people out there listening. And I like talking with you. So let's do this. Well, I just thought that, you know, there were so many moments over the weekend, where I thought, I cannot believe this is happening. And Rich loves top five lists. He loves to hate them, because he thinks (laughs) people are too dependent on them. And then he always has them. So, I just thought maybe we would just do a top five things that I can't believe went down over do wildcard weekend. And uh, I want to see what your reaction is to so many of them. Okay. okay. So, here's Let's how do we're going to start. I can't believe that Jared Goff was the one to send Sean McVay packing this weekend as the Lions advance over the Rams. I just thought it was just, um, it was hard to watch in so many ways because I am a huge fan of so many in the Rams organization. Uh, and, selfishly speaking, wanted to take maybe Coop to a game or two. That said, I love Jared Goff is so open about saying that he has a chip on his shoulder. The way he was sent packing, and Amy, you mentioned it earlier when you were just talking in the green room about Sean McVay realizing that he probably made a mistake there.
2: Uh, I did like that Sean stated prior to the game that he recognizes he handled Jared's release poorly. He handled it poorly. He didn't say that he regretted the decision to move on to Matt Stafford, nor should he necessarily feel that. But he did acknowledge that he didn't handle it well, and I loved that he did. You know what I loved even more? I loved that Jared admitted and acknowledged, I have a chip on my shoulder. I always will have a chip on my shoulder about that, because, Susie, in all my years in the National Football League, I listened to players say on the air to the media at press meetings, no, I don't harbor any resentment. No, I don't want any revenge. No, this isn't a revenge game. And it was, and they did. Off camera, away from the press— I knew it was a revenge game. I knew they did resent what happened in their past. So I like that Jared was honest.
1: It's worked out for both teams. I mean, clearly Correct. The, the Rams are very <laughs> happy to have their quarterback, uh, Matthew Stafford, in their championship. And obviously it's really great to see Jared Goff playing at the at the absolute top of his potential and obviously Detroit ending a nine-game uh, playoff losing streak. I think they have the perfect coach. Uh, they couldn't have a coach that resembles uh, the Detroit Lions and everything that they are better. And um, yeah, I just thought that that was kind of a—that was a good surprise. Well, and you're absolutely right.
2: They are both in a good spot. The Rams did well by acquiring Stafford. I thought it was the right thing, as I said, for Sean to realize he could have handled the change better. I love that Jared acknowledged he has a chip. And as to Dan Campbell, remember the scorn and the derision after his first press conference when people were just going all crazy about how could they hire him— well, who's laughing now?
1: Seriously, the, the Lions' first playoff win since January 5th, 1992. And also—
2: You know that p- some people listening to this right now weren't born then.
1: I, I, don't, I don't want to think about that. In 1992, I was a sophomore in college.
2: I'm not—Your uh, Honor, objection. I'm not answering this question.
1: Also, the way that Stafford was booed. The way he was booed by those fans. What were your thoughts on that?
2: I took that as good-natured booing. I took that as okay. We loved you when you were here. You're not here anymore. We get to boo you. And I didn't think it was nasty booing. I thought it was we're embracing Jared Goff and our team. And this is what teams. This is what fans of teams do.
1: What about their next game coming up against Tampa? Let's just talk ahead as we as we kind of like.
2: Well, that's one of the storylines I like the best, and maybe we'll dive into that a little bit yeah. later. Um, but I'm excited for that game.
1: We will. Um, we're going to set this up, guys. We're going to go through a couple more of these, and then we're going to look ahead at it the weekend. And cool. uh, that way I can kind of help you uh, get to the next point there. Let's talk about my next big surprise over the weekend. I cannot believe people are surprised that the Cowboys are in this position again.
2: Well, one of the definitions of insanity is the same thing over and over and over again and expecting it to be different. Now, I don't like that definition of insanity. I don't think it's the best one. But this is, I believe, the third year in the row this has happened, 12 and 5 and then out quickly. Um, And of course, I'm being silly about the insanity, but the same thing keeps happening and the expectation keeps changing, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there.
1: Yeah, Dak Prescott now two and five in the playoffs. Uh, this win snapping Dallas's sixteen game uh, home streak. And I guess my point was this: Are we surprised that Dallas lost, or are we are we surprised that Green Bay is that good?
2: I love that you phrased it that way. Very early in my career, someone said to me. So often we focus on the team that lost and why they lost rather than looking at the team that won and how they did that. And I think you're absolutely right, Susie. There should be more focus on what Green Bay was able to accomplish on the road Um, for all the people that were so derisive about Jordan Love. What you saying now?
1: And it's how they lost, too. You know, I was walking in and out a couple times during the game, and I'm thinking 27-zip. Like, what the hell is happening here? And then this feeds into the following conversation, which is everyone's asking if Bill Belichick's going to show up at the door with Jerry Jones or whether or not that would be a good fit. I'm curious about what your thoughts are, because you worked with Jerry Jones for so many years as, you know, when you were there with the Raiders.
2: Uh, I don't know whether smile is the right word or grin or um, react whenever I hear people say, oh, no, 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 Belichick and Jerry Jones would not be a good fit. I disagree with that. I absolutely think Bill and Jerry could work well together. Um, I think they would work well together. I don't know if that will come to pass, but my experience with Jerry is that it could work and it would work if they choose to make it work. Look, every fan of every team should want a team owner who wants nothing more than to win. And clearly Jerry wants to win. And if he believes that Bill is the answer to that, he'll find a way to work with Bill.
1: Okay, let's take a couple of minutes to unpack this. This is great. Let me start with this. A couple episodes ago, you mentioned that Al, as he got older, made some moves because he felt like his time on this earth were limited. And Jerry is 81. I'm curious about what your thoughts might be as Jerry looks at the landscape, and he has been notoriously loyal to his coaches. Mike McCarthy. Who knows if this is going to be where that loyalty is tested. But maybe you could expand a bit more on your experience with Al as as may pertain to this with Jerry Jones.
2: Sure, and you're right, I did reference this a number of podcasts ago. And to be clear, it wasn't simply that he aged, but he knew his life expectancy was you know, he knew he had a very limited number of years. And he was making moves that many criticized him for making, saying, Those are short-term moves, you're not looking at the long term, you're not doing what's in the best long term interest of the of the team. And of course I said Nothing because it, you know, I knew the life expectancy issues. He wanted to do whatever he could do in the years remaining. And my thought at the time was to all the people saying, you're making moves that aren't in the best long term interests of the team, that when you know your life expectancy is limited. And in the case of Jerry, I'm not suggesting his life expectancy is limited, but he is, as you just noted, in his 80s. When you're in your 80s, you're going to view the long term very differently than you view it in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s. In Al's case, it wasn't the age. It was what he knew he was facing. So yes, you pointed to Jerry's age. He wants nothing more than to win. And I believe he'll do whatever he believes is best going to achieve that. And that's why I... I don't know whether it's grin or grimace when I hear all these pundits saying he could never work with Bill. I disagree with that. I interacted with Bill, as you know. I interacted with Jerry at league meetings. There were issues upon which Jerry and Al disagreed. I had to present Al's point of view. Jerry and I disagreed on a number of issues. And you know what? It was easy to work with him. He does not push back against those with whom he disagrees.
1: You shared something in the back, and I wish you would tell this story, and I think you have some really good insight to who Jerry Jones is that a lot of people might not, and it had to do with Al passing.
2: Um, oh, yeah. Uh, to back up a little bit, uh, I just referenced the fact that there were business disputes. Business, I wouldn't say disputes. Jerry and Al had different views on some fundamental league business issues, revenue sharing, Uh, maximizing sponsorship revenues and other sorts of revenues, they disagreed on those issues. And it was my responsibility at league meetings. I attended one per club meetings or even two per club where Al didn't want to speak and wanted me to handle it to express that disagreement with Jerry. And they were healthy disagreements. And I found through that experience that the sort of rumors, if you will, about Jerry Pushing back on those who disagreed with him were absolutely false. Jerry could not have interacted with me in a more respectful, business-like, appropriate manner. And notwithstanding those disagreements with Al, the one team owner at Al's funeral was Jerry.
1: Hmm. I can't believe that. The one team owner was Jerry. Yep. What do you think that says about him? As a person. Well,
2: it goes to the point and it sort of wraps into the Belichick thing. Of course, it's much broader, which is there is an image or a, a reputation or a rumor about Jerry that he is not going to bring in someone who's going to push back or who's going to disagree or with whom he has a different view or someone he believes he can control. I don't believe that about Jerry. I interacted with Jerry. I know that's not the case about Jerry. I believe that Jerry is going to bring in a coach should he choose to make a change that he believes will best help them win. If he believes that still Mike, he'll keep Mike. But if he decides to move on, I really do think he and Bill would work together well. Oh, my God. I can't believe
1: he wouldn't move on. I can't believe he would not move on knowing that. He has such a talented quarterback, knowing that they have so many pieces of the puzzle and knowing that he wants to win and knowing that Belichick is right there. And what I think no one's talking about is kind of interesting is that Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones are the two faces of the NFL in so many ways, two of the biggest representatives out there in the world. We're not talking about the country, but two of the guys who great are, point. have name recognition uh, uh, as they try to expand the shield across the globe. And it's a great point. You know, well, thank you. And you know, the funny thing about Mr. Kraft, as we would call him, is that he is one of the more visible owners. And Belichick's been right there. And so if he can work with Robert Kraft. Why wouldn't he be able to work with Jerry Jones?
2: Well, I think he would be able to. And, you know, I push back on the people who say Jerry would never bring in a coach who would push back on him. I disagree with that. If Jerry chooses to move on, Jerry is going to bring in the coach he believes best position them to win and to win it all. And again, I'll just underscore this. Jerry and I had lots of disputes on the floor of those one and two per club league meetings. It didn't impact our conversations. He was open to disagreement. He thought that disagreement was healthy. And notwithstanding that I was, you know, sharing Al's strongly held opposition to some of the points that Jerry made. There Jerry was at our side at Al's funeral.
1: Right. That's so such an incredible story. And as we talk about Jerry Jones, we talk about his appreciation for football intellect. And obviously, there was a lot of um, conversation to be had about the way Jimmy Johnson left when he was fired. There's always a line of coaches getting fired. But, you know, he was inducted into the Ring of Honor. What he really cares about more than anything is winning. And I just feel like this would be the perfect setup for one last attempt to win it all. Um, As I mean, God bless Jerry Jones, the guy's in great health, knock on wood. And, and he's hundred percent all there, but it just seems to me like this would be the perfect opportunity. And it slays me to think about Bill Belichick going down there and perhaps finally putting the pieces together for a Dallas Cowboys championship, but it makes a lot of sense. It'd be fun. It would be a lot of fun. Let's talk a little bit more about Texas. Let's go across the state here. I cannot believe what C.J. Stroud and the Texans are doing right now. And I'll go even further. I can't believe anybody would take the Browns over the Texans just by how meteorically he's been playing. Okay, you listening to me,
2: Houston fans, who were up in arms when your team won its last game in the 2022 season, which removed from them the first pick in the draft. There were so many Texans fans who were so angry that the Texans went out and won that last game because it cost them the first pick Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they didn't want to lose the first pick because they wanted Bryce Young. You got C.J. Stroud instead. So I think if you were one of the fans that was angry about them winning that last game, and of course I'm being silly when I'm talking to the fans. The point is, what's that country song, um, Unanswered Prayers? Who was that? We gotta Google that. Are
1: you really asking me a country music song? Yeah, you're from New, like, mean, from New England. She's from New England. What am I doing? But there's some.
2: Um, it was it, was it was Garth, Garth Brooks, Brooks right? and he, it was a great song about you know sometimes unanswered prayers really work out. And for those Houston Texan fans that, and I understand they weren't really praying, although maybe some were praying to get Bryce Young. Unanswered prayers. You got C.J. Stroud, and it could not have worked out more phenomenally. But you know what else? Credit to D'Amico Ryans because, yes, C.J. Stroud is just phenomenal. But you know what the best coaches do? They best position players
1: to be their best, and D'Amico Ryans is doing that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, C.J. Stroud, the youngest quarterback to win the playoffs. I also feel like, you know, when, you, when you're watching a quarterback mature in front of your eyes, you're not quite sure what you're seeing as the season goes along. They had three wins last season. Three. Crazy. But there's just some kind of magic that they have down there that they are making the most out of this quarterback and his potentiality. But it's not its not like he's the only player on the team. D'Amico's clearly captured the attention of this team. And this is what's so interesting as we talk about all these coaching availabilities and vacancies, what have you. Sometimes you just find the right mix, and that's what's happened in Houston. And when you see, after Houston wins a big game, the manner in which
2: that team embraces D'Amico as they run off the field, in the tunnel, in the locker room, and the way he embraces them. I love your use of the word magic. You really feel it.
1: Yeah, and that was against the number one ranked defense this season. Um, our great producer, Don Bowie, had this great stat. The first team to have two pick sixes in a game since Seattle did it against Washington on the 5th of January 2008. That leads me to, I still can't believe Pete Carroll's not going to be in Seattle, but Crazy. that's just an aside.
2: Well, it's it's an important aside because you know one of my sayings, and I say it a lot, and I'm going to say it until my last breath, and And do what? what? So someone, and I'm not quite sure who because there's a little bit of a mishmash as to who was responsible for the decision in Seattle or who or maybe more than one, Um, but if you're going to let Pete Carroll go, and by let him go, I mean tell him, you know, by Felicia. You better have asked yourself, and do what? And your answer to that question better be at a minimum as good as the status quo, but one would hope a lot better. Because otherwise, what the hell are you doing?
1: Did you just say bye, Felicia? Yeah, I did. I can't believe it. it I, I f- sometimes
2: surprise you, don't I? You you really
1: did. Like that when you
2: thought I said karma,
1: not knowing that I was referencing Taylor Swift, but I really knew it. I know, but but the bye, Felicia threw me. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. Um, just a quick more an moment on Pete Carroll. And do what? I have no idea. I wonder what Seattle's going to look like next year. And if you look at Pete's legacy, because that's the other thing is like, where's Pete going now? Is he done? I don't think so. Pete will never be done. He's got like a beautiful house here looking at the ocean. I don't think he's even seen it in years, maybe like in the offseason for well, you know, five seconds. But I mean, I look at Pete and again, I'm totally biased because I love him. I, you know, Covered him for years at USC. I watch what he did there. I heard Reggie Bush this morning on Dan Patrick when I was driving around, because I always listen to Dan. Reggie was talking about the years at USC and whether or not they were rock stars. Dan had asked him just how popular they were around town. And, and by the way, they really were um, to the point where I, I was covering the Lakers at the same time. If a USC Trojan came into the building if Pete Carroll, even walked into Staples center, because it is, Staple center in my world it'll always oh, be Staple center it, it was it was magic and name a coach that's had the same success and i know there's a couple so calm down but what p carroll did in seattle and what p carroll did at usc after being such a total mess on the east coast before coming west you know there aren't that many guys have done that he And I think he is so special. I can't wait to see where he goes next. But that's like my other, like, I can't believe this happened on top of other, I can't believe that happened.
2: Okay, well, yeah, I mean, you know my view on that. And do what? Because it's hard for me to think that Seattle thought this through well.
1: Let me go into my next, the number two thing that I can't believe people are surprised about. I can't believe that people are so surprised by the talk about Mike Tomlin's job security. Now, we taped this on Tuesdays. He just came out recently and said he expects to be back. With the Steelers again, um, seventeen seasons with the Steelers. He's never had a losing record. Won the U, uh, won the Super Bowl in two thousand and eight against the Cardinals. Okay, so I'm gonna a couple other things, a couple little nuggets. Two thousand and ten, the AFC Champions lost to the Packers. Um, but here's my thing: It's been thirteen seasons since they went back to the Super Bowl. And I appreciate that he hasn't had a season with a losing record, but if I'm an owner, Amy, at what point am I saying, okay, I want more. Now, Rich loves Mike Tomlin, like one of his top favorite people to have on the show, loves him as a coach. I'm curious from your perspective on the business side, at what point do you say, okay, and and now what? Well, and depends on ownership. The
2: Rooneys are known to be extraordinarily patient. Um, they're not prone to quick moves to, you know, to use a I, I don't want to use the expression I'm thinking because it's inappropriate to use. Um, or, you know, I'll say it. They don't pull the trigger quickly. And uh, just everybody understand. I don't mean that in a pulling the trigger sense. No, I get it. But they don't make hasty business decisions. So to the extent people are surprised, I think it's born of the history of the Steelers that the Roonies are very patient and they don't make quick decisions. And And by by not making quick decisions, I don't mean... I I guess they're not hasty. They're not impulsive. They're not quick to do things. Um, So I don't... I'm not surprised... that people are wondering what's going to happen, because as you said, they have not won at all in quite a long time.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just wonder, you have that much money, you have um, this team, and again, we talked about this earlier, obviously, with Jerry Jones, but, you know, the clock's ticking.
2: But the other thing about what Mike Tomlin did this year, he did it with a lot of injury issues, and he did it with multiple quarterbacks, and I think all of that needs to be factored in.
1: And I think that also people forget just how elusive that ring is, just that championship and just how hard it is to get that. Um, We're going to have our top one in a second, but first I'll tell you about game time because um, I love this app, guys. I tell you this all the time, but I'm buying tickets for so many people in our house. Uh, And I love it because I can get the best deals without knowing ahead of time how much I'm going to spend. I worry about where I'm going to sit. Can my kids actually see the stage? Can they see the court in front of them? And I always get to see where I'm going to sit. And I'm a little little bougie that way. I like to know ahead of time where I'm going to be. And it's the perfect solution to finding tickets to make everybody happy. And that never happens in a house with three kids. There's always somebody who's pissed off, right? Oh, Mom, how come you're taking Taylor to the UCLA women's game? Like, I want to go see SZA, and this one wants to go see Imagine Dragons. I get it. And I want to go everything, but I can't. But when I go, I go in game time, I got the best deals right up to the start of the event. And because I'm always late, I can find last-minute seats and last-minute deals. It's the best guarantee, the game time guarantee, because I always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, Game Time's gonna credit you 110% of the difference, which I think is sweet. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time, download the app, create an account. Use our fancy code WTF for $20 off of your first purchase. Restrictions apply. Visit GameTime.co for terms. Again, create the account, redeem the code WTF for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Are you ready for my number one? I can't believe that happened this no, weekend. No, I actually think
2: I'm going to interrupt and say our number one should be the fact that you just referred to yourself as bougie on our podcast.
1: I mean, I like I like I like multiple seasons, like our friend Al Michaels. Like, I mean, what can I oh, say? Sometimes I'm, oh, sometimes I have a bougie side. Maybe Rich would say all the time, but that's neither here nor there. I am going camping this weekend with Xander. Camping, camping. It's glamping. Okay, glamping. Want, okay. It's glamping. Is
2: that where you like? go and maybe you hike a little bit and then you sit around the fire and then you check into the Awani. Is that camping?
1: I would love to check into that, but no, it's a, it's a glamping situation. Where? Um, up in, it's North of Santa Barbara, like Goleta. I want to come. Want to come? Yeah, that sounds fun. There was a sign up sheet and I was very relieved when there was a sign up for um, frozen margaritas. <laughs> but that, well, at <laughs> oh, least there's okay. going to be booze. Camping.
2: Camping it's with gonna frozen margaritas. going to be margarita. so
1: cold. It's going to be free. Enjoy the margarita. It's going to be like 40. Enjoy the 30. margarita. By the way, I'm going to bring a flask. Camping. I'm going to bring my own tequila. I'm not trusting them for the tequila choices. All right.
2: Here Ooh, we go. Maybe we'll get a tequila sponsor.
1: Dude, I am all here and ready to drink on the set. I'll do the right it with tequila. you. All right, deal. I'd go champagne. I like I like tequila on the rocks with double lime. I take a whole lime, squeeze the whole thing in. Giant cube. Call it a day. Yeah, I'm I'm not really a hard liquor girl. I'll go with bubbly. Oh, I'll turn you hard liquor. Don't worry about it. Um, All right, here we go. My number one, I can't believe this happened this weekend, was I can't believe that the Eagles season is over pretty much because of a failed brotherly shove on that two-point conversion to make the score nine, to make it 69 at the half. I mean, like, here's the thing. I hate the tush push. I know it's the brotherly shove. I get it, but I hate that play so much. I, okay, I appreciate from a coaching perspective. I've already been told there's just so much strategy. There's strategy. You go high. You go low. You go around. To me, as somebody who made a living reporting on injuries, it is the single most dangerous moment in a football game. Except, okay, I think that most people would probably proffer to say that it's the the, the return, right? And that sucks too, but it's it's really fun to watch. I hate, I'm so afraid of a snap neck on the tush-bush. That's my fear. And that they lost the game. And I know it wasn't just that. They also couldn't tackle. I think also Jalen Hurts, we're going to know a lot more about what happened with his quarterback. He did not look like a guy out there, uh, he didn't look like a guy out there that was happy to be in the game towards the end of that game. I'm upset about Jason Kelsey retiring. I know Rich is beside himself, but he's been saying for many years that um, he was debating. And to go out in a game like this, I think, is incredibly sad. But I just, I don't know. I just it seems so anticlimactic for the Eagles to lose to the Bucs like that.
2: Well, you're right. It wasn't just that. Not only couldn't they tackle, as you noted, they couldn't cover. How many plays did we see where Tampa receivers were running like gazelles in the winter wilderness and you're looking at the TV screen and there's no defender in the entire screen? And then when the defender got in the screen, they couldn't tackle. But as to the brotherly shove, three reactions. One, when they failed to, to get that, I said to my husband, This is a harbinger of things to come in this game. I just thought it was a little bit, well, a harbinger of things to come. Mm. Maybe an omen. Two, credit to Tampa's defense. They had to know that at some point Philadelphia was going to try that, and they were ready, and they stopped it. And three, it is, and I'm going to be a little mushy a minute. You know, sometimes Princess of Darkness can be mushy for a minute. It is too bad that in Jason Kelsey's last game, if in fact it is, he did announce or he did share with his teammates in the locker room an intent to retire. It's not official. He may change his mind. But if it was his last game, you know, too bad that for him it didn't work in that game.
1: It's just ironic. You're absolutely right. It's also ironic, as I was lost in another thought, that they went for the tush-push. On a two-point conversion. And Tampa was ready. And the irony was they already had that point on the board. That's the biggest irony.
2: Well, and their thinking was they got to move a yard closer. This is the time to try
1: it. But you're absolutely right. They took a point off the board. God, I mean, i that's the one place where I would love to be a coach. Like When that decision about, do you go for two, do you go for one?
2: So would you like to be the head coach who has the ultimate authority like the to Dan make that Campbell decision? Like, was like,
1: hell yeah, I'm going to do it even if it doesn't happen.
2: So you'd want to be the head coach with ultimate authority. You wouldn't want to be the special teams coach, for example, who's advising whether or not to go for the two or keep the one.
1: No, I'm bossy as hell. I would want to be the head <laughs> coach. I mean, what are, are you kidding? Uh, let's talk about our karma moment. Do you think this was Nick Sirianni? Remember after that Kansas City game where he was caught on, you know, he was caught uh, on a mic, screaming like, "I don't hear you guys now. I don't hear you guys now." Sometimes you just have to. Remember, at all times, you got a hot mic on you. But boy, this is not the way he thought his season was going to end.
2: Uh, I don't know if I would call that a karma moment, um, but certainly you are absolutely right. When you have a mic on you, or there are mics in the area, just recognize, say what you want, but recognize that anything you say may be there forever.
1: Do you think the Eagles and Miami are the two teams that we saw going downhill? pretty much for the second half of the season. And we kept wondering like, when's the rug going to get pulled out from underneath them? Or am I totally off on that? I could be off. It just seems like there's a weird parallel. Like and I don't, you can, and don't
2: you, see you can, that. And I, I don't see that parallel. Okay. Um, I understand why you do, and you may well be accurate, but that's not a parallel I drew. I, I think I have different views or different
1: sense as to the two teams. Um, I keep feeling like the Eagles, everyone expected them to go back. Everyone expected them to be better. You didn't? Why? Well, look, um, and I I may have shared this on
2: the podcast before, in which case just tell me to, what is it that producer say in your ear? Wrap it. Wrap it. But there is such a thing as a Super Bowl hangover for the losing team. Hmm. And after we lost the Super Bowl to Tampa, I remember Andrea Kramer asking me, was I worried about a Super Bowl hangover? And I, you know, Pasha, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that. It was real. So I didn't expect the Eagles to necessarily go back because I was wondering what that hangover impact might be. Now, they got off to a great, great start. And I thought, okay, you know what? They're not impacted by it. And then they waned.
0: Interesting. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was a hundred percent. You need to make more money, make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything wherever you listen.
1: Um, aim, anything else that surprised you over the weekend?
2: I didn't look so much to what surprised me as much as to what I'm looking forward to next week. Okay, so what are you looking forward to? Three storylines. We've now got Tampa going to Detroit, so we're seeing Baker Mayfield versus Jared Goff. What a great storyline! These are two quarterbacks who were, in essence, written off by former teams, counted out. Now, you know, we've agreed that what the Rams did in moving to Stafford was a good decision for the Rams. Sean admitted that he handled it poorly. Jared noted the chip on his shoulder. But the fact is, irrespective of whether it worked out for the Rams and the Lions, and it's worked out for both of them, Jared was counted out. He was maybe counted out is the wrong word, but his former team didn't believe in him. That's the best way to say it. Well, Baker, Cleveland, Carolina, the Rams, now in Tampa. And a lot of people forget that in Cleveland— Baker finished up there playing with a very significant injury. And you know what? His former team counted him out. They didn't believe in him. You know what? As someone who's been counted out a lot and someone who people didn't necessarily believe in at many times, I love this storyline and I love this matchup. And I'll be mushy for a minute. I wish there was a way they could both win, and obviously they can't.
1: Baker just made some coin making the playoffs with incentives. Oh, yeah.
2: And counted on himself because yes he made I think he's up to close to 3 million in incentives this year it's like 2.85 but close to 3 million so far in incentives. But he also has the ability next year, maybe Tampa signs him to a long-term contract, maybe Tampa tags him, maybe he goes elsewhere, but he bet on himself and he bet well.
1: Oh, I hate the franchise tag. What um another storyline? Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, 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 before we go on. What's it like when you're the one in the business office and you're making these decisions on the incentives and you're sitting here thinking, like, you hope they earn them? There was never a time
2: the people who negotiated our contracts put in an incentive that I didn't hope that player made because if he makes the incentive and he earns the money, look, I signed the checks, okay? My little signature, I signed the checks. Yes, kids, back in the day, we had paychecks. We didn't Venmo or app the players their money, I signed the paychecks, and never was I as happy to sign as when a player earned an incentive.
1: Nice. All right, what else? Okay,
2: I'm also looking forward to Kansas City at Buffalo, and I'm looking forward to that because all season long, watching Kansas City, I kept saying, I'm waiting for them to show us the Kansas City we've become accustomed to seeing. All season, when are we going to see it? When are we going to see it? When are we going to see it? And you know what? We saw it last week. We've seen Kansas City is starting to click in the manner we're used to. I can't wait for that game. And by the way, the game is a perfect example of the butterfly effect. The old saying, when a butterfly flaps its wings, the future can change. If Kadarius Tony is not lined up in the neutral zone, And yes, I know there was about a minute or so left to play. And yes, I know the outcome could have been different, notwithstanding the fact that he was in the neutral zone, blah, blah, blah. But the fact is, he was lined up in the neutral zone. Kansas City lost that game. Otherwise, if they win that game, this game is in Kansas City. And Susie, I know I've said it before, and I'm going to say it with every breath in my body, the penalty that bothers me the most is lined up in the neutral zone. I would say, just look down. Find the ball, look at your feet, and if you need to do it, back the f- up. He didn't do that. They lost the game, and yes, I know, I know, I know they had it a minute or so lo- left. They win that game. This game's in Kansas City.
1: Somewhere in Florida, Leslie Visser just passed out because he dropped the F bomb, but I'm here for it, so okay. I happen to like it. But the other, I, by the way, I the can't other.
2: Wait. What? No, the other penalty 12 men on the field. I mean, look, Mr. Ed can count to 12. He can
1: tap his hoof 12 yeah, times. Exactly. I am looking forward to watching the quarterbacks in that matchup. I get nervous every time Josh Allen takes off. I actually despise the fake slide. So if that really was a fake slide, and we don't he can say, oh, I wasn't gonna slide, but if that was a fake slide, I have a real problem with it because the minute a quarterback makes a move that looks like he's gonna slide, the defense immediately backs off. It's like the universal understood. Okay, I'm it's gonna a rule. before you get attacked, before and before you get yards, right? It's a rule, it's an NFL rule to back off. Well because it's so dangerous. If it was in fact a fake slide, then that's really crappy on Josh Allen's part. Well, and I'm livid
2: if I'm a defensive player or I'm a defensive coach. Because once the player Quote, "gives himself up close quote and you see him begin to slide they cannot hit him. So now you've said to a defender, uh 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 you can't hit him, you can't tackle him, you can't do anything and yet he can keep going. I'm livid if I'm a defensive player.
1: He's 6'5" 237. He's a big dude anyway. But I'm telling you right now, uh, if that again, I think that the NFL has been set up right for most of the rules in the NFL help out the offense but if i'm a defensive player i'm kind of furious that's yes, what i'm and thinking yes. anyway
2: yes and yes my third
1: storyline yeah
2: is quarterbacks we have four games this week that means we have eight quarterbacks did that math all by myself good girl four court games eight quarterbacks seven terrific quarterbacks and brock purdy Now, Brock Purdy is a good quarterback. Make no mistake about it. Everybody, be calm, 49er fans. I'm not suggesting Brock's not a good quarterback. He is. I simply don't put him in the same category as the other quarterbacks. So I'll say it again. Eight quarterbacks, seven terrific quarterbacks, and Brock Purdy. What don't you like about him? It's not that I don't like him. It's not that I dislike him. He does things very well. He is surrounded by a tremendous, tremendous supporting cast, both on offense and defense. He is a good quarterback. I don't put him in the category of the other seven.
1: We can talk about this next week because I think there's so much to to break down in that. The one guy we haven't talked about at all today, and I would be remiss if we didn't bring him up, is Lamar Jackson. I'm curious your thoughts on him. Well, that
2: was one of the men of whom I was thinking Mm -hmm. As we were just discussing quarterbacks,
1: is it just because you think that Lamar sees the field so differently, is more mobile, has? I mean, clearly he's got a ton more experience. But as you look back and and think about reflecting on Brock Purdy versus Lamar, it, what's the difference? There's so many. Yeah, but I mean, I don't even if, know how
2: to I don't even know how to address that in a succinct manner. Um, Lamar is special. Mm. Um, he is just his. Football knowledge, his decision-making, his execution, his
1: skill. He is just special. Is he the regular season MVP, you think?
2: Ooh, I haven't even thought about that yet.
1: Yeah. I'm mean, going to have be, to think about that over ice cream. It would be, it'd be so fascinating the way that things went down in the offseason with everyone doubting him and who's negotiating for him. How smart is he to do that? What have you? Wouldn't it be amazing if he ends up being the regular season MVP? in spite or or because we're all maybe we've talked a lot about karma today speaking of karma and this is my last thing i'll punctuate the podcast with i can't believe people are so up in arms about taylor swift going to games good lord people i really am so tired of that storyline and i bring it up for this reason alone because i thought we talked about it before i said this it's too girly to talk about on this podcast we don't ever talk about taylor swift But can everybody just calm down about the whole being excited about her being there or not? Do you really think that Travis Kelsey dropped a ball the other day that went right through his hands? A bullet from Patrick Mahomes because he was distracted about his girlfriend being there. By the way, no. He's dropped a lot of weird passes this year. I don't think it has to do with his girlfriend. I also think that people forget... Just how cold the rock is when it's zero degrees out there and how hard it is when you can't feel your finger sometimes to catch a ball. Three
2: comments about Taylor Swift. One, we did discuss her once, and I know you loved it when we did with Charles Davis, who's a Swifty. Right, right. Love that. But you're right. You and I have never discussed this. Two, I absolutely loved seeing her singing with the fans. Can you imagine being a fan and you're singing and all of a sudden you realize Taylor Swift is singing next to you and you're kind of wondering, am I sitting here singing with Taylor Swift? But number three, I couldn't agree with you any more strongly and fiercely than I do, Susie. Where was all this chitter chatter when it was Tom and Giselle? Why would that be any different? It's just it's a it's a. Trite storyline that people have seized on, and I don't think actually I think it's rude to Travis. To suggest that she is a distraction.
1: I mean, it's ridiculous. Like he wants to drop a ball. Right. And I then, mean, they, and th- you're right. Those what things. What guy doesn't want to play better when his girlfriend's there? It's stupid. Agreed. Well, guys, <laughs> I guess we end we end mm. this podcast by saying, well, that's just stupid. Andrew Whitworth will be with us next week in studio. Can't wait to have him with us. Um, perfect guy to kind of come off of this next round of playoffs. But this is fun just sitting here kind of breaking things down.
2: Do you want a story about Al and the word stupid? Yes. Okay. Remember there was that commercial and at the end of the commercial, someone said, there are no stupid questions. Well, there were times I would walk into Al's office with a question or I'd be sitting with Al and someone else would walk in and he would look at them and the person would ask a question and Al would say, there are no stupid questions. And he was imitating the commercial and then he'd say, that was a stupid question.
1: By the way, and not to pile on, but if you're going to ask Mike Tomlin about whether you're going to... Be here next year or not. Maybe ask ask a question. What a segue you just made. Mm. Wow. Ask a question, people. I can't believe people don't ask questions in those. By the way, it's not easy when you're sitting there in front of a, of a coach who just lost to ask questions. That's when you start to sweat. That's when you start to think, <laughs> I better ask a really good question or... Or I'm going to get shit on. And, and if you don't have a question, you don't need to talk. The, then, then just say goodbye. And thanks for taking in this edition of What the Football. We will see you guys next week.
0: John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together. It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and blah, blah, How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? driver? I think I can get an extra five to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search BLEAV on YouTube or wherever you listen.